Hello and welcome to another VK Podcast. Actually, this might be the last time we call it the VK Podcast as I'm pretty sure we've settled on our at least beta or working name. Right, Ray? Yeah, we absolutely have. We've had a few additional names come in, but we still kind of like the one we mentioned last time, which was from uh, Christine. And the name suggestion was Office Hours. So we're gonna the, the working name. Tell me real quick, Kevin, what does working mean if we're going to call it a working name? I think when people say working, it means they're reserving the right to change it on a whim's notice. So it's a fake name. I don't think you would say on a whim's notice. I guess they would have the right to change it on a whim. On a whim. I don't know if fake name might sound a little rude to me. Let's just call it our working name. Could it be our beta Our name? beta name, sure. Our working beta name. <laughs> working beta temporary slash we might change it name. But I like office hours. So welcome to office hours, Kevin and Ray. Today's conversation is going to center on misclassifying your workers. Now, there's really only two ways you can classify your workers. They can be independent contractors or employees. You know, a lot of times we, we use the term service providers in a lot of the docs we draft to encompass all of them. But distinguishing between independent contractors and employees is very, very important for, for a number of reasons. So what we want to talk about briefly today are some of the pitfalls of misclassifying your independent contractors. This is a very hot issue right now in Texas. The and one of the reasons why we're bringing it up in this podcast, this VK Office Hours podcast, I just tried it out, I like the way it, it sounded, uh, is because it's such a, a relevant recent topic with the Texas Workforce Commission. They are on a tear right now for initiating audits of companies, big, small, single-member LLCs, whoever you are, the Texas Workforce Commission's on a tear. And they're looking for people, actively looking for them. I'm going to... The Texas Workforce Commission is listening today, which I'm sure they are. <laughs> um, don't hold me accountable when we're in a fight in the future on anything I say. This is for informational purposes only. But they're going after companies, and they have a bias. I'm just going to say it. It is, frankly, a bias that if you have somebody working for you, they're an employee unless you can prove to them that they're an independent contractor. And Kevin mentioned something early that's important. He referred to them, and I use them as <laughs> A, a broad term, as workers. Companies, owners of companies, have a tendency to call your workers employees as default, and that's whether they're an independent contractor or actually an employee. And, and the more colloquially or formally, depending on who you're working for, this is whether it's a 1099 employee, or 1099 worker, excuse me, see I just did it there, or a W-2 worker. W-2 is your employee who you're paying your IRS payroll taxes, your Texas unemployment taxes to, or if it's an independent contractor who you're issuing the 1099 form and they are not, you're not paying the taxes, they're doing it themselves. Now, there's a long list of distinguishing factors between an independent contractor and employee. Unfortunately, it's not a black and white type situation where you can just look at someone and know whether they're one or the other. It really does take a little bit of thought and research into it. Why don't you tell us, Ray, a few of the things that you want to consider when you're determining whether someone's an independent contractor, or that, not that you consider, but that TWC considers when they're determining an independent contractor versus employee. Well, you're right that it's not. But the TWC thinks it's black and white, but it's not. It's, it's lavender. It's a lavender issue. Is that a color? I don't think that's the right color for this analogy. Mauve. Okay. It's yeah. a mauve. Taupe, yeah. It's taupe. It's a taupe issue. That's, that's a better classification for it. But, yeah, it, when the TWC performs their audit, if they're going to look at somebody, and this is, you know, any – variety of workers. It could be any industry. It could be a painter. It could be a plumber. It could be a nurse. It could be a, a roofer. Whatever it happens to be, the TWC is going to 
send you, number one, they're going to send you this little form and say fill it out, and it's going to have a bunch of, of little innocuous-seeming questions, but they're really not. They're all triggering back to these factors that Kevin mentioned, and some of them will be things like, does this individual advertise their services to other people? Can they work for somebody else? And you know how you answer that question and how the TWC decides you should have answered that question could be determinative in the classification audit at the end. Other things, can this person make a profit or loss for the work they're providing for you? So they assume an independent contractor can make a profit or loss. The independent contractor, if he's a painter, may have to buy his own paint, his own paintbrushes, pay other people to help him. An employee, you're supplying all that stuff, and the only money they're making is your salary, your wages, is pure profit. So those are two factors they look at. And really, I mentioned the factors, but the big question is, Kevin, on this, or, or the big question it's supposed to be, I don't think the TWC follows this, but the big question is supposed to be is, does the employer or the person who hires the worker have the right to control the work? And just for clarification, when we say TWC, we mentioned at the beginning, we mean the Texas Workforce Commission. And the Texas Workforce Commission is charged with governing, uh, collecting collection of unemployment taxes in the state. And it's a big deal because, if, in, as Ray mentioned, independent contractors are supposed to file their own taxes. You just pay them one rate. They pay taxes at the end of the year or whenever they're filing quarterly or whatnot. An employee, the employer should be paying employer taxes on the employee and then also should be, should be sending the employee's portion of the taxes into the IRS and the, uh, and the state unemployment tax fund for the state of Texas. Other states have similar things, but we don't practice in other states, so we're going to focus this conversation on, on Texas law. So, Ray, why don't you tell us what some of the pitfalls of misclassifying your independent contractors could be? Well, first of all, I mean, the, the pitfalls are numerous from penalties, interest, back taxes, having to, you know, that, and that's for the state of Texas as well as for the IRS. Legal fees. Legal fees. There's a whole range of ancillary things that can fall in the pitfalls. But the, the biggest thing that I would caution and advise business owners and startups on is you can't make the decision whether or not somebody performing work for you is an independent contractor or an employee. You can do things to help that determination at the end if the TWC is going to audit you or if somebody challenges it. And in reality, you can take steps to make the worker more of an independent contractor status or more of an employee status, but you can't decide. If, you are, if somebody's working for you and the work they're doing and the manner they're doing it hits these factors, they're automatically going to be an employee, or if they don't hit the factors, they're going to be an independent contractor. Something we talk a lot about is independent contractor agreements. A lot of business owners that we deal with will have an independent contractor agreement, and they have some value, but for the most part, the TWC or the IRS even, they're not going to care what you decide to call your worker. They're going to make their own decision. They're going to say, great, thanks for spending X amount of money on legal fees, getting this beautiful independent contractor agreement, but the reality of what this worker doing is doing for you makes them an employee. So too bad. It's something that it's frustrating because the line really is blurred. It's really not black and white, but it's an uphill battle. And like you know, more concretely, some of the pitfalls. You and, and Kevin, you can chime in on this a little bit better from a kind of an HR perspective, even because you have a little more experience in that with the firm, at least for us. But when you're paying your and I always talk about Texas because the TWC, the Texas Workforce Commission, is a lot more vigilant in this than the IRS, believe it or not. And so you're paying essentially quarterly 
or they're determining quarterly taxes for your employees for unemployment compensation. And so if you classify your worker as an independent contractor and the TWC later decides that that person should have been an employee, they're going to look at your tax rate for the four quarters of the year that you were supposed to be paying, and they're going to hit you with 1.5% interest for each month. Month, Conveniently, that adds up to 18%. Which the is the maximum rate. The max they can charge by law is very nice of them. And they're going to hit you with the interest. They're going to hit you with penalties. And then you got to pay the back taxes. And then you've got to go do that to the IRS or try to cut a deal with them somehow. And then you have to convert. If you were misclassifying your workers, you have to convert them into employees. Let's talk. You know, there is this line here that, that Ray and I are going to talk about. But I want you to be, I want to be clear. You can have independent contractors. I mean, if you outsource a portion of your work, if you outsource your web design to someone and ask them to perform all those services for you, then, then that's going to be an independent contractor. If you, you know, hire a painter to come and paint your house, that's an independent contractor. But if you run a small business and you are paying your office staff to come in every day, your office administrator to come in every day and answer phones and do general filing work around the office, and you're categorizing this person as an independent contractor and paying him or her as an independent contractor, they're probably not an independent contractor under the Texas Workforce Commission uh, rules. Yeah, and we're going to go into this more detail in later podcasts because it gets very granular, very detailed. But the big picture is be careful. Think about how much control you're asserting over this individual to determine whether or not they are an independent contractor and employee. This could be a uniform. This could be the supplies you're giving them. There's no hard and fast rule that I can give you with a few exceptions that I don't want to talk about right now. But honestly, I don't like to you know, just tell people to call a lawyer. But if you're confused about it and you're not sure, is this person an independent contractor or employee, call an attorney for some advice on it and may not be able to give you the exact answer, but can kind of guide you through some things to, to be aware There of. are some resources you can use. If you Google TWC independent contractor test, that will take you to a link on the Texas Workforce Commission website that will detail some of these issues that Ray and I are discussing. Some of these, they have a 20-factor test. And, again, it's not as simple as just saying, oh, well, 12 of the factors are, say, independent contractor, 8, say, employee, and 12 is greater than 8, therefore it's an independent contractor. But at least going through that checklist or those 20 questions will help you to to you know categorize your workers the way that we see this most ray and this with the startups and the small businesses that we represent is let's just say you're a startup and you're a web-based startup or some sort of mobile application and you hire a bunch of people a lot of times you don't even hire them you know because you don't have money you're just giving them shares in the company or they're foregoing payments into the future with the hopes that you're going to go raise money and all these guys just start doing things for you and just call them independent contractors. You know, when you're not paying them, not a huge deal. But a lot of times what happens is these companies do get start getting some revenues rolling in or they do go out and raise some money. And then they continue to pay these people as independent contractors when really oftentimes they should be employees. Some other considerations from a startup or small business perspective is independent contractors are much more difficult to restrict from a competitive standpoint. You know, if you go hire an employee and they have access to confidential information or they are working to build your business, a lot of times you can get a reasonable non-compete on them after they, after they leave the company or maybe a non-solicitation of your employees or your partners. Also, you can wrap up confidentiality provisions into their employment agreement such that they can't go sharing your confidential information outside the company. Independent contractors, you can do that to an extent, but, but not as great an extent as you can with an employee. 
So oftentimes employees are, are preferred for a number of reasons, uh, the competitive restrictions being one, two, you don't have to worry about the Texas Workforce Commission coming and penalizing you. But on the flip side, employees are very expensive. Not only do you have to worry about paying employer taxes, employer, employer taxes on top of their salary, but oftentimes you're going to have to offer benefits, vacation days. You know, a true independent contractor, if they want to take a vacation, it doesn't matter to you because you're getting billed by the hour or by the project or something like that. So their vacation schedule doesn't matter to you. Uh, you don't have to provide insurance for your independent contractors. There's less formalities from an HR perspective because they don't have an employee handbook or they're not signing employment agreements. Uh, th therefore, you know, just to say independent contractors are generally easier on a startup. But from a legal perspective and from what's right under the Texas Workforce Commission, you want to be certain if you're going to call someone an independent contractor or classify them as such that they actually are an independent contractor and they're not an employee. There are all kinds of legal ramifications. It's, it's impossible for us to hit all of them in a short podcast like uh, this one we're talking about today. But even with the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, that you know that's going to trigger this independent contractor classification is going to trigger how many workers you have their employees and they have the whole look back period to determine whether you have to provide coverage or not so it has it has a whole bunch of ramifications it's difficult to make the decision sometimes but if, if you take anything away from the vk office hours working title slash temporary slash beta podcast if you take one thing away it is don't simply think that you can decide what they are because you call them something or the something or the other don't think you can say this guy's an independent contractor. He signed an agreement. That's like giving somebody an agreement and saying it's okay for you to murder someone. And they sign it, and you're going to show the DA, hey, he signed my murder agreement. Right. That would not be okay. That would not be okay. They don't care that you have a murder agreement. <laughs> um, it, it can serve a purpose for other reasons, and we'll talk about it later. But don't just do it. Look at the factors. Think about what the person's going to be doing, how much control you're going to be asserting over them, and it will make all the difference. So I think that's the great takeaway here is don't just think that by calling them one thing or other, it makes them an independent contractor, it makes them an employee. We also don't want to, to you know, frighten anyone out there. I mean, the way a small business needs to get started up, a lot of times they don't have revenues, they don't have cash flow, so you need to be smart about it. But once you get, once the company matures to the point where you are able to start paying salaries and you do have employees that are working for you full-time or even part-time, but they're coming to your office every day and you are governing or controlling what it is that they do within your office, most likely they're going to be employees and you need to take a look at, at the TWC 20-point test and most likely call an attorney to help you figure it out if you're going to keep them as independent contractors. Make sure you have some good guidance on that. It's going to be frustrating for you as a business owner to think that that piece of control, I mean, that's one of the reasons everybody wants to start their own business, you can control. This is an area you're not going to control to some extent. You can do some things proactively. We'll talk about it. But, uh, you know, I'm not saying that you can't ever tell somebody, you know, I, I said you can't ever call them an independent contractor. You can't have them sign an agreement. That's not always true. I mean, our partner, Jeff, is not funny. We tell him he's not funny, and that's true. It's objectively <laughs> right. true, and there's nothing he can do about it. But this is a circumstance where you got to be more careful. So that's the takeaway here. We appreciate you listening to VK Office Hours. We will have a follow-up in the coming, I don't know, weeks or months, a uh, more in-depth discussion about independent contractors and a separate one about employees. Listen, we're, we're open to your feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. Podcasts at VelaKeller.com or podcast. Podcast. Podcast at VelaKeller.com. That's V-E-L-A-K-E-L-L-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.